0: U.S. 10-year treasuries have hit a fresh high for this year. Why? Well, in part, it'll be the fact that soon there'll be many more of them. But there was also a response to the higher-than-expected ADP employment numbers. But can we believe them? And not much response to the Fitch ratings downgrade for the United States. It was only a matter of time, perhaps, so a lot of people are saying, Fitch, what's that got to do with the price of milk? Oh, and that's down, too. See what I did there? And the Aussie dollar really taking a hammering this week as well. It's Thursday, the 3rd of August, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning we Well, a small rise in the US dollar. It's up 0.3% on the DXY this morning. The currency suffering the most, again, is the Aussie dollar, down over 1% to 65.4 US cents, below 65.3 earlier in the session. The pound and the euro down about 0.4%. And bond moves, well, no response really to the US ratings downgrade by Fitch, but more the extra bond issuance that's to come. Ten-year treasuries are up five basis points to 4.07%, up to 4.12% earlier and uh, no real movement in the uk and down just three basis points for 10 years in germany japan's 10-year yields are moving gradually up but only two basis points added up to 0.61 percent aussie 10 years Added five basis points yesterday to 4.02%, which is where they are sitting on futures this morning. Big falls in equities, though. It closed the Nasdaq down 2.2%, 1.4% off the S and P, and 1% down for the Dow. The same deal in Europe, with 1.4% off the DAX and the FTSE as well. At close, the Eurostoxx 50 down 1.6%, and not much going on in the U.S. in after-hours trade. uh Qualcomm, for example, the chip maker, down a little on expectations for the last quarter earnings. Uh, we also had uh, significant falls in oil as well. Brent 1.6% down. That's after retracing steps a fair bit. WTI is down 1.8% as well. So quite a lot going on, isn't there? David DeGaris is with us in uh, now in London watching all of this. The rise in yields we've seen, Dave. Uh, how much of that is down to the extra bond issuance by the U.S. government? I'm assuming most of it, because that 30% increase in borrowing this year that we talked about yesterday, we're starting to see that come through now uh, in f- forthcoming auctions. I mean, is is that the reason? Because I mean, this Fitch downgrade of the U.S. credit rating from AAA to AA plus, um, in part because of this extra debt, but also the you know down to the wire debt ceiling negotiations, which they've, oh, yes, all of that. Which they've been okay. talking about for a long time. So, I mean, I'm imagining that's materially not going to change the the value or the, the, the yield on US Treasuries because, it, you know, it was just a question of when, wasn't it, really? Correct.
1: Uh, the sort of things that we'd look at, Phil, I guess, if uh, a ratings downgrade has affected um, credit ratings, you might look at things like definitely what's been happening to their medium to longer term yields in the market, Um, You could rationalise part of that rise in yields as being following the uh, ratings downgrade. It didn't sort of sequence minute by minute or even hour by hour, but we did have that uh, Treasury refunding announcement that you sort of alluded to there in your introduction. Um, And we also had the ADP employment number, which was much stronger than expected, but I think most analysts... Take that number with a grain of salt, to be quite honest. But well, there
0: was a bit of a reaction
1: to it. There wasn't was there, a then, reaction uh, to it, yes.
0: But then, indeed, it, it there was, it which, which everyone, looked odd. Well, because everyone remembered what happened last time, perhaps then they uh, thought again. Indeed, you know, when it was prim-
1: it didn't we didn't quite get up to that bumper number that uh, ADP was suggesting. But anyway, for what it's worth, I mean. If you want if you wanted to try it on the back of that number, good luck to you. Is uh, all, I, all I can suggest. Well, but for, for just, those
0: who don't know, because this is overnight, so the, I mean, the expectation was there'd be about one hundred and ninety thousand new jobs added. Three hundred twenty-four thousand was the actual number, which is quite an upside. But I mean, last time, uh, of course, it was you know close to half a million jobs, and we didn't see that. Yes, it was. We Didn't see that in non-farm payrolls. But you know, I guess even if you said, well, okay, three hundred twenty-four seems like a lot. Let's call it 200,000. Mm. That's still a lot of extra jobs, mm. isn't it, which is yeah. not what the Fed wants to see when it's trying to sort of loosen the labour market. Indeed. It might be, it, it may be a, a big overstatement,
1: but you might have seen quite a different reaction if uh, it was minus minus three or 400, even if the market takes these numbers with a grain of salt, which I think was your point there, Phil. So um, sort of added to the uh, the resilient economy story or the uh, the soft landing scenario, if you want to, if you want to put it that way so hard not to say that but i think the treasury refunding announcement sort of sharpened attention a little bit more on this despite the um, the political blowback that fitch got from the, uh, the u.s government as a result of the the well, announcement
0: arbitrary and outdated is what <laughs> janet yeah i'll talk about saying grace so she doesn't care about it does she clearly no
1: no and um flawed and entirely unwarranted things like that but I mean, it's hard to know when you look at what Fitch said about, you know, the governance issue, the what was it? The the repeated debt limit standoffs, last minute resolution, only limited progress on tackling uh, social security, rising social security and Medicare costs. It's hard to argue with any of that, even though the U.S. is not unique to all of that. So um, I just
0: I I look I hear I know Janet Yellen said it. I just hear Donald Trump saying it. Don't you? It's what he would, you know. It's outdated. It's flawed. It's uh, you know what you'd expect coming from him when uh, when the US is attacked. But anyway, I mean, but but she is a politician now rather than could, the Federal exactly. Reserve chief. <laughs> So she's got to play the part. Absolutely, indeed. All right. So the Aussie. So so that accounts for the rising yields. I guess it makes sense then that you know with that rising yields we've seen because uh, it is you know it's been rising quite a bit. We've seen this big fall, but it has been a big fall in one go uh, in the equity markets today. It has. But I mean, uh, you could part.
1: You could partly rationalise that and say. Well, it's had a, what, what from the early May lows, the S and P's up like thirteen and a half percent. So maybe it's just a little bit of, it was an excuse for the market to give back, you know, take some, take back some of those profits on the day, even though the persistent story over the past six to eight weeks has been about the resilient economy. So there's, no, there's not a particular need in that, and the market really hasn't
0: ramped up expectations for the Fed. But it's the tech stocks taking a hit, isn't it? So Microsoft's down 2.4%, NVIDIA, da- Nvidia down 4.7%, Google down 23 Meta down 25 It's almost as though, you know, we've been. Pretty punchy moves, some of those. Are. Yeah, like particularly in NVIDIA. It's almost as though people have been betting on the upturn from uh, artificial intelligence. And now they're looking and they're seeing this sort of rise in long-end bond yields and thinking, well, that looks a safer bet. Yes, it's been just listening to some of the commentary today and what, what various analysts and people
1: were saying. You know, one or two are saying how they think, you know, that the market's still underdone, that the long-term interest rates, that it's, you know, 4% is still too low. Is it going to end up as closer to to 5% if we have this nirvana economy? Will inflation come down to the 2% or will the Fed need to do more? How much of it will be resilient? All those questions we don't know the answers to yet. So... If it, there's any substance to any of that,
0: that's not helpful for stocks, is it? If yields are going to stay higher for longer, no, absolutely not. And that on that, you know, that whole soft landing or the Goldilocks economy, yeah, I mean, it's starting to hit. We're seeing it around the world now, it's starting to hit the property market quite significantly. So the thirty-year mortgage rate was up last week, six point nine three percent now. Uh, so mortgage applications down, refinancing down. Basically, all mm. the property indicators are starting to. Mm. Downwards, so not such a Goldilocks outcome, because I'm sure Goldilocks would have liked a place of her own, n- not necessarily in the woods. It doesn't,
1: it doesn't, doesn't nicely work out for every sector that Goldilocks applies, no. does it? So. Um Yes, you're absolutely right. So that's telling you that interest rates are doing some of their work on the most e- interest-exposed sectors of the economy, which, of course, it, it's meant to do. And
0: so, Okay, what about New Zealand then? Uh, the employment numbers there, an upside surprise. Um, employ- this is one of those numbers you can take what you want Indeed. from. Indeed. That, was my, that, uh, was, employment that proof- was my impression when I saw all those numbers, <laughs> fell. Well, it's always confusing because the participation rate is up. So we've yes. got this situation where the employment rate grew one percent, yes, Q on Q, which is twice what was expected. But also That's the unemployment, big, it? it is, yeah. And then the but the unemployment rate is up from three point four percent to three point six percent. So
1: the sort of quick headlines I read were, you know, if you're looking for a softer angle and something to calm RBNZ nerves, um, the wage, private sector wages growth. Less, bit less than expected and a bit less than what the RBNZ expected and the unemployment rate now higher than Australia. But we're talking 0.1, right? So uh, we're not t- talking about big moves there. But as you said, on the employment side, if you said that was a blockbuster growth in employment, you wouldn't be too far from the truth. Even if it was from jobs which have been outstanding for some time now being met by increased labour supply from immigration and so forth, but there's still an increase in jobs that means more more people will be spending money as a result of that. But you and I know, Phil, these New Zealand numbers bounce around You can get plus one, minus one. So
0: Mm. maybe we have to take it with a grain of salt. It's a smaller country, isn't it? So you are going to get more volatility in the numbers. But uh, on the uh, international dairy prices, the Global Dairy Trade Auction, uh, th- that was a bit of a shocker, wasn't it? And New Zealand's going to feel that. Prices down 4.3% overall, down 8% for milk powder. Over the year, uh, prices are down 19%. So that is far from good news for New Zealand.
1: Indeed. So what would you say, minus 4.3% yep. in the latest auction, down 42.5% from uh, early, since 2020. Yeah, wow. so, um very low, and uh, looked like the, the, the Fonterra and BNZ forecast for milk prices, which is the things that farmers care about, and with good reason, are uh, some downside risk there. So suffering from a negative terms of trade, if you like, when rates are particularly high. So, you know, that, that will squeeze incomes yeah, a bit Yeah, but I mean, further.
0: on the other side, does that mean that there's less chance that, uh, you know, if it's going to hurt the consumer more, the household more, because take-home pay is going to be that bit lower. Does that mean that we get less chance of any more rises coming out of the RBNZ, or is that stretching things a bit too far? It, it,
1: it, 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 I don't think so. It, it, it adds mm. to that uh, view, yeah. doesn't it, that the RBNZ is probably at its peak yeah. right now. Um, if, 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 uh, if they're not at its peak, what does it say for other central banks around the world, given that the cash rate in New Zealand is 5.5%? So Yeah. Well, Countries such as Australia sitting on 4.1% at the time. Well, there's a time. chance,
0: uh, no, no, what a nice segue this is, because 5.5% is, you know, the outside chance perhaps, but that, that might be where the Bank of England uh, gets to today. Their 14th consecutive yes. rate rise is expected to go up yes. 25 basis points. Um, I mean, but they could still go 50 if they wanted to do the shock and awe factor. Uh, but, like, you know, like they, they had- did last time. Like they did last time. But they had June's CPI was lower than expected, yes. so maybe that'll moderate things. But there's also talk that they're going to go again in September and maybe in November. If you're going to do that, why wouldn't you do 50 basis points now?
1: There, there is something to that. And I think the market is, is looking at it as if to say, well, we, we were shocked last time when they hiked by 50. Let's be prepared for that possibility that they could increase by 50 basis points even though most people would think, well, that that would be a surprise. But, uh, you know, particularly after those last inflation numbers, because the sequence of their forecast changes, Phil, have been that that, uh, they continue to forecast inflation will get back to 2%, but they've been pushing that time horizon out. And after the June numbers, and what they're seeing in other parts of the world, in countries like the US and, and elsewhere, that food and energy inflation are beginning to come off, and indeed, the uh, the British Retail Consortium's shop price index provides a little bit of further hope on that score as well. So I think there are a few things there. But one particular report which we don't have yet is the decision-makers panel that the Bank of England conducts of businesses that they will have right now going into tonight's meeting. So uh, well, no doubt we'll all be the wiser, but we do expect 25 basis points, but the market's priced a little bit more um, than that, the market's sort of half priced for fifty. So, if they do surprise and increase by fifty, goodness me, the, the the long end of the curve is going to is going to invert even further, isn't it? On the back of that, given the the flat economy this year. But we'll see.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see what they do. And uh, look, the Bank of Japan just sort of d- dousing any hopes that they that they're finishing with their ultra easy monetary policy. I mean, there was this, uh, you know, that this this plan to allow their ten year yields to rise to one percent. You know, there's a thought that mm. maybe this is the first step to something bigger. Mm. Mm. Uh, but yeah, they sort of uh, put the kibosh on that, didn't they? Yesterday, well truly. So, still a long way to go before they raise interest rates from minus 0.1 percent to zero. Uh, <laughs> so a uh, long way before they get to uh, sort of like the levels the Bank of England's at, you know, unless you know, perhaps in an alternate universe, but never in this one. Well,
1: it fought, if we go back, what, three, four, five years, we might have thought the same thing about Europe too, Phil.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: So things can change. Uh, let's see how the inflation story evolves for Japan, but what we do know is they're not thinking of it any time soon and they're only going to be convinced about inflation being sustainably there uh, one, once you get inflation continuing at this sort of higher level f- for longer, and the second is, you know, the wages story, this sort of perpetuation of the inflation spiral going into the next Japanese fiscal year. So need a bit more uh, time. Before we can make that judgment and before the Bank of Japan can make that judgment anyway.
0: Yeah, a few more inflation revisions from uh, for the Bank of Japan before they perhaps realise. So today, other than the Bank of England, obviously Australia's balance of trade for June, the balance of trade for Germany as well, as the Cajun Services PMI for China, 53.9 last time. Mm. It's expected to fall. Uh, we also get the final services PMIs for for Europe as well, which we might see some upgrades in those or downgrades for that, and lots of European countries. Uh, and uh, more importantly, the first look at the uh, the ISM services for the US. So the those services numbers for China and the US, apart from the Bank of mm-hmm. England, I'm guessing they're the key numbers tonight.
1: I think so. I think the ISM services number and the market really wants to see payrolls on Friday. Mm. Uh, what what particularly the average hourly earnings there. Uh, I think the market's primed for a a reasonable positive growth in payrolls, but it wants to see further evidence that uh, earnings growth is is easing back. So I think we do also have tonight uh, the quarterly productivity and unit labour cost numbers fill. So there'll be half an eye on those, even though they're very much driven by short-term changes in measured GDP rather than underlying productivity, but not irrelevant either.
0: And, I mean, finally, because I've obviously got to ask this question, the Aussie is taking a hammering. It's, a lot of it's yes. been down to China, but there's no significant China story today, but we're down again.
1: We are, and the, the, the China news, and goodness, we've had a deluge of it in words, haven't we, in the past week or mm. so, but none of that's been particularly uplifting as far as the Aussie is concerned. Um, let's see about these trade figures, because is, you know, since... Australia started producing trade surpluses. The currency has gone from 80 cents to 65 cents. So um, <laughs> it's it's gone completely in the other direction. Now, that's been mainly a US dollar story. I grant you that. But um, even even so, the news on China in the past week, lots of words, but the market's really looking for specifics, aren't they, and what they're going to do to lift the economy. So you think today it's just, it's just the carryover from that sentiment, just carrying on another day? That, that's I think that's part of it. And, and, of course, the yeah. strength in the U.S. dollar on a, on a day when Fitch is downgraded there at the credit rating. Yeah.
0: Well, today is another day. We'll see what happens. Maybe it'll pick up But uh, interesting times, that's for sure. Uh, good to talk, Dave. Catch you again next time. Catch you, Phil. See you. And that is Thursday morning's Morning Call. Back again tomorrow for another one tomorrow morning. And don't forget, tomorrow afternoon, our weekend edition launches as well. So two podcasts for you from NAB tomorrow. I'm Phil Dobby. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Have a great day.